And now your host. Hello, and welcome to Cindy's Political Corner, our debut on YouTube. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and I want to thank all of my listeners and followers for making this happen. You can listen to us Saturday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern Time on 620 a.m., 1640 a.m., 93.5 FM, and when you download us internationally from iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Jewish Podcast out of Israel, the Talkline Radio Network, and you can always catch up on one of your favorite episodes on Cindy's Corner's website. We have a huge show tonight, so welcome into my corner. Tonight, we are honoring the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He is probably the most important voice for Black people in the history of the United States. Let's face it, when he wrote and spoke about having a dream and walking hand in hand, do you think that his dream included what is going on in America in 2022 or what happened in 2021? Do you think that he thought that public schools in Democratic-run cities would support and encourage failure among Black children? Do you think his dream included fatherless homes and jails filled with Black men and Black Lives Matter leading an anti-Semitic voice and destroying Jewish businesses and homes and that Blacks randomly attacking Jews on the streets in Williamsburg, Los Angeles, and even Manhattan. Martin Luther King was a proud Zionist. And tonight, we are going to have discussions with two other people who are Black Zionists today in 2022. So sit back, relax. We have a huge show tonight. And enjoy the discussion on Cindy's Political Corner. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner, being black, conservative, pro-Israel, and the 2022 elections. And joining us now 
is one of the most brilliant minds and outspoken voices for why it is important to be a minority in the conservative party. Uh, you all know DeRoy Murdoch as a Fox News contributor. You've seen all of his articles. He wrote a fantastic uh, article in the Washington Times Monday about Democrats, not Republicans, keeping democracy in the crosshairs. And I am very lucky to call him a friend. He was a co-speaker with me at an event, a rally actually to stop Ilan Omar in 2019. And he's always stood for Jewish American values and the Israeli people and the state of Israel. So thank you so much for joining us. Cindy, my pleasure to be with you and Happy New Year. You too. I hope it is a Happy New Year because right now it's not starting off that way. (laughs) It's not very happy at the moment, is it really? And I'm not surprised. Are you? Uh, not terribly. I mean, you know, we, we have a, a few things working against us. Uh, one of them is Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Another is Kamala Harris, uh, to name two others, Nancy Pelosi and uh, probably uh, the, the fourth uh, horse person of the apocalypse, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, your senator and mine, unfortunately. And as long as those people are uh, leading things in Washington, uh, it's not a particularly happy day. So when you talk like that, And we talk that it's now 2022 and everybody's talking, oh, we're going to take back the house. We're going to flip it red. We're going to flip the Senate. I keep telling people not so fast. And people tell me, Cindy, you're crazy. Look what's going on. You can't even buy a dozen eggs in the supermarket anymore. I said, but we don't own the media and we are not in charge of our courts. And we still don't have the House, the Senate and the White House. What are your thoughts on that? I think you make a very good point, and I want to be very clear about this. Uh, any Republican, any conservative listening to this uh, podcast, uh, anybody who talks to friends of yours about who are on the right, absolutely do not take it for granted that we have this uh, midterm election wrapped up. Uh, it does look good in many respects. Uh, Biden's very weak. Um, inflation, Afghanistan, uh, the disaster at the border, uh, the, the supply chain crisis, all these things bode very badly uh, for the Democrats. And at the moment, if the election were tomorrow, I'd say, yeah, we're, we're going to sweep it. But it is a, a, there's a long time. We've got 10, uh, 10 and a half months, almost almost 11 months uh, between now and the November elections. All sorts of things can happen. And ironically, one of the things that really works to Biden's benefit is that the Trump tax cuts are still in place. He does not have the votes at the moment anyway to raise them. And uh, low taxes work their magic while a lot of other bad things happen. So, uh, you know, Biden can give all sorts of nasty speeches about January 6th. He can scream and yell about uh, critical race theory and how bad white people are and on and on and on and on. Uh, but if you, you have a 21 percent corporate tax rate and you have uh, a lot of the uh, the fundamentals that the Democrat uh, under the Trump brought into the economy that the Democrats have not been able to destroy, those sorts of things can keep up an economy humming along. Uh, we're now with everybody. I know everyone, you know, probably has or has just had the Omicron uh, virus uh, variant of COVID-19. There's so many people who've got this that it's entirely possible. Basically, what's going to happen is everyone in the country will get COVID. Either has had it or has it now or will have it the next few weeks. And we may essentially get herd immunity, whether people are vaccinated or not. And if that happens, COVID-19 could be in the rearview mirror by, who knows, uh, Easter, perhaps, and then kind of forgotten by 
midsummer and totally out of our minds by Halloween. And if that's the case, then all the all the concern and worry and, and aggravation about Biden's total mishandling of COVID-19 will be a memory. And so if you don't have that going and, and things are holding up OK in the economy, people might say, well, we're not crazy about the guy, but, you know, we're paying our bills. Things are healthy. We haven't had masks on for six months. Uh, hey, you know, um, times are good. Let's put the Democrats back in. So don't take any of this thing for granted. Uh, if you want to see Republicans take the House and take the Senate, you need to make the phone calls. You need to knock on the doors. You need to write the checks. Uh, you need to talk to your friends if you're interested in running for office and run. And don't take any of this for granted until after uh, uh, the votes have been counted. And in fact, we have won the House and I hope even won the Senate. Then we can relax and, and enjoy ourselves and celebrate and not a second before that. So you say that. And as I was waiting to interview you, I did see a notice that President Biden is planning to talk about ending the filibuster at a speech. And with ending the filibuster and voter integrity on the line, I see more and more uh, doubt, reality. Uh, maybe I'm, um, you know, the re- I'm trying to be the maybe the uh, devil, you know, opposite side to try to not make people so enthusiastic. But I do see more uh a pathway where it's going to be harder for Republicans. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got one thing the Democrats have going for them, and, and there's a lot about them I criticize. One thing I admire is they are relentless. They are implacable. They don't slow down. They always have another trick up their sleeves. Uh, you know, just as we, it looks like Build Back Better got buried when Manchin said, I'm not going to vote for it. Almost the next day, they said, okay, we're going to bring back HR uh, 1 and and the so-called voting rights uh, uh, bill, which I call the vote fraud instruction manual. And boom, they're right back to that. They're all focused. They've all got the same talking points. They're back out in the trenches lobbing grenades at us. I mean, it never stops. These people, I don't think they sleep. I don't think they eat. I don't think they go to the bathroom. I'm not sure how they reproduce because these guys are relentless and it never, ever stops. Meanwhile, on our side, a lot of people will uh, you know, maybe give a speech, write an article, whatever, and then take a few days off. Uh, boy, it's a struggle very often to raise money on the right, whereas people on the left have got George Soros writing these massive multi-million dollar checks for any and every uh, idea or cause that they have. And uh, these people are like, they're like North Korean soldiers. They just march in, in lockstep down the street in the same direction. And people on the right are going in, you know, atomized individualism. We're all going in 25 different directions at once with, you know, 25 agendas and 25 talking points and 25 conflicting themes and messages. So that's something they have to their advantage. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that are working our way. Redistricting can be very helpful. Also, we don't need to win 50 seats to take over the House. We just need, need to win five. So that's possible. But again, I would take nothing for granted until every vote has been counted. And even if we do everything right and we, again, follow the advice I'm giving, uh, knock on the doors, write the checks, run for office, make all the noise you can. Um, you know, we saw in 20, uh, 2020, last November or no, two Novembers ago, how important it is, not just who, who uh, uh, cast the votes, but who, who counts the votes. And there are a lot of states where the Democrats are in charge of the electoral machinery. And we've seen what happens if, if they get back to uh, mass mail-in ballots, uh, ballot trafficking, uh, one person picking up 200 ballots and dropping them off at the county registrar's office and walking out the door without anyone knowing who this person is and whether the ballots have been tampered with. Uh, you know, we may do everything right, still find, or find that we lose it when the votes are counted because uh, the, the, the party of vote fraud, the Democrat Party, is in charge and is able to uh, steal seats that they haven't legitimately won. So I, I would I, Republicans and conservatives have to win not just 
50% plus one or 50% plus one vote. We need to win beyond the margin of vote fraud. I think that's why Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia. He didn't squeak through. He won with enough of a margin that, that they couldn't play games and, and suddenly find more ballots and find more ballots. And, oh, my God, look, Terry McAuliffe got, got elected. So we have to win beyond the margin of vote fraud, which means we probably can't just win 50% plus one. We got to win 51, 52, 52 52.5% before we really can be safe. So I have to ask you, you are a man of color. Yes. And you are pro-Israel. Correct. Very much so. You are in the minority. Tell us why you are pro-Israel. I am pro-Israel because it is a bulwark of individual uh, liberty and uh, limited government and uh, basic Judeo-Christian values uh, in the Middle East. It is the the, uh, only really practicing legitimate uh, uh, democracy in the Middle East. It is a very close friend of the United States, probably the closest friend we have on on Earth in addition to uh, uh, the United Kingdom. And uh, it is also these days lately uh, a real beacon of of, uh, economic progress, prosperity, technological progress, um, I don't know, most people have used uh, thumb drives and that sort of thing. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the thumb, thumb drive came out of Israel. I mean, there's so many wonderful inventions came out of uh, Israel's uh, fantastic uh, te- technological and startup sector. Um, I was there in 2013. I went as a pro-Israel person. I left even more pro-Israel. I call it the little country that could. It's actually smaller than New Hampshire. Um, and yet they've been able to take uh, this basic pile of sand and turn it into uh, an, an economic and a political jewel um, in an area that's a very rough neighborhood. And um, thus, I'm very pro-Israel, uh, big admirer of the Israeli people. And uh, the more the United States can do to uh, protect Israel, make sure that it's safe, free and prosperous, the better. So we are airing on the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he had a dream. And I don't think any of his dream had anything to do with promoting anti-Semitism or Black Lives Matter or failing schools in in blue states or uh, what else is going on in the world in 2020, especially from the progressive radical left. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Not only was Dr. Martin Luther King not an anti-Semite, he, in fact, worked very closely with a number of, of Jewish supporters uh, who marched with him, literally step by step. Uh, there were wealthy uh, Jewish uh, businessmen who helped uh, support him. Uh, he was arrested at one point and a number of rabbis got together, raised the money to, to get bail, to get him out of uh, prison. I believe, I believe that was back in 1960, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he was somebody who did his best to see people as uh, equal children uh, of nature, equal children of God, depending on how religious you are. Um, and as he most famously said, that people should be judged uh, uh, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We're now going completely opposite direction. We've got segregated graduations at universities. We've got uh, space, safe spaces for minorities. Uh, this new appalling story has come out in the last recent days that the Biden administration under the FDA, and I believe maybe the uh, Centers for Disease Control, are urging medical centers and medical systems around the country to ration uh, monoclonal antibodies, which which is life saving therapy, uh, life saving therapy for people who are suffering from COVID nineteen, and uh, dole this stuff out on the basis of race. And if you have an an eighteen year old uh, healthy black man with COVID and a sixty eight year old white woman who's got uh, COVID plus diabetes, overweight, and uh, perhaps uh, some kidney disease, uh, the antibodies should go to the eighteen year old black guy, even though his 
uh, chances of survival are much, much higher than the white woman's, but he's black, she's white, and because of so-called systemic racism, he deserves the uh, life-saving therapy more than she does. This is appalling and disgusting stuff. But to have the United States government urging uh, that the, medicine, the life-saving, life-saving medication should be doled out on the basis of race. This is appalling and disgusting, and we'll, we'll show how far away from Dr. Martin Luther King's dream uh, the Democrat left has taken us. They've become a total force for evil in this country, and the sooner the Democrats uh, join uh, the Whigs and the Know Nothing Party in the Smithsonian Museum of uh, American History, the better. Well, we see in the entertainment field how this has certainly failed. Just look what happened last week at the Golden Globe Awards, where people of merit were really deprived of their awards and ceremonies and the opportunity to share great entertainment by black, white, Asian, young, old, from everywhere around the world, quality people because of this movement. Yep, you have that problem. And also, I think in Hollywood, they they just have to have a, a, a complete terror of uh, COVID. I mean, nobody wants to get COVID. Uh, people had it. I had it around Christmas. It was actually very mild, fortunately, probably because I did get my, my Moderna one and two shots and my booster. So I think my case was probably um, uh, alleviated because of that. But in any case, the, the thought was, well, COVID is running rampant. So uh, we'll just do a, a Twitter, basically a long Twitter thread is what the Golden Globes became. Um, you know, there was no TV show. There was no ceremony. The people who won weren't there, weren't able to pick up their awards and be applauded by their peers. Uh, very, very sad. And, and I, I think this is sort of the quintessence of this uh, COVID phobia where people think, you know, we can't figure out some way of, of coexisting with this virus. We have to run from it and sort of cower under our beds in the fetal position. I really hope we're getting into this and we can get back to uh, where we were in March of in February of 2020 before this uh, the rampant did the germs were unleashed upon us by the Chinese Communist Party. What do you tell people in California, in New York? I know in New York, we have a big gubernatorial race. We've just, you know, we have a black mayor now. We have a black DA. And look what's going on. Is this helping the black community? What's going on in New York? Well, we'll see if Mayor Eric Adams um, can do what he said when he when he ran, which is basically to to support uh, the police and um go against the criminals and also to be pro-business and make do what he can to make the environment comfortable so that people actually can prosper in New York City. Um, that could be positive. On the other hand, you've got Alvin Bragg, our, our black uh, DA, and uh, he is very much in the George Soros uh, school, uh, along with people like Chesa Boudin in San Francisco and George Gascon in Los Angeles. And their basic idea is that uh, Criminals are, are really victims, that they're victims of society, victims of racism. Uh, the entire judicial system is uh, an instrument of white oppression, and therefore anybody in it is a victim of racism and needs to be freed, set back on the streets as quickly as possible. Um, I fear this is going to lead very quickly to more deaths, very likely deaths, deaths of black people. And Alvin Bragg, if he doesn't have blood in his fingers already, he'll probably have them within the next few days. And I hope, frankly, that uh, as soon as any one person who Alvin Bragg, uh, the DA in Manhattan, uh, set free, actually goes and kills somebody. That person turns into the poster boy or poster girl for getting this man out of office as quick as humanly possible. Um, this whole notion that we, if we're just nice to criminals, they'll be nice to us. Boy, I would love to live on that planet too. And I'm sure that uh, there are unicorns and you know puppies on every corner and uh, pots of gold at the end of every rainbow and probably leprechauns there to hand the, the gold uh, coins out to anybody who walks by. You know, that's a lovely, lovely fantasy, and it's a really cute story. But uh, here in the real world, when you're nice to criminals, what they usually do is take your money or take your life. 
Any last thoughts you want to share with our audience? And also, please share where our audience can find you. I know that you write in so many places. You are on National Review Online, one of the editors. Like I said, you're on Fox News, a contributor. Tell us what's going on and where we could find you. Um, I would say that, again, this is an election year, and it's very important for the the Democrats and the left to be uh, weakened as possible. Uh, I want them to basically be a, a bit like uh, circus oddities, you know, a few of them around so we can look at them kind of like, you know, the bearded lady and, and the, uh, you know, the, the man with the size of your thumb. Uh, I don't want to see these people have any power, any ability uh, to control our lives, tell us what to do and weaken this country and pit us against ourselves and make us hate each other, which is what the Democrat Party and the left, unfortunately, have become. Um, I speak about, the, about this. I go on television about this. I write about this. Uh, if you watch Fox News Channel and Fox Business Network, you'll see me uh, on air usually a couple of times a week. Uh, my articles appear at uh, foxnews.com, uh, nationalreview.com, uh, Town Hall. Uh, you also can check DeroyMurdoch.com and TrumpTrainNews.com, Trump uh, as well as Newsmax. You'll find my pieces at all those places. Uh, go to any of those websites, put my name in, in the search function, and you will see uh, dozens, scores, or even hundreds, or probably NationalReview.com, maybe several thousand articles by yours truly going all, all the way back to 2000. So uh, I will keep writing, I'll keep speaking, I'll keep broadcasting on the air, and I hope the message gets through that um, the, a world filled with individual freedom, personal responsibility, uh, limited government, free enterprise, and peace through strength. It will be a wonderful world and a place in which we'll all be very happy and enjoy 22, 2022 and years forward uh, in great peace, freedom, and prosperity. Deron Mardak, as always, you are always welcome on the show. And I want to thank you always for your support for Israel, for the American Jewish community, for building the Black Jewish relationship that the progressive left wants to destroy destroy our strong history together. And I thank you for joining Cindy's Political Corner. Cindy, thank you and shalom. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're finding it fascinating. And I want to talk to you about what is going on in the schools today. You know, we talk about Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and we talk about the uh, relationship between Jews and blacks, and we're gonna, we've been talking about Black Lives Matter. We must talk about what is going on in our public schools. We must talk about the failure. We see it in Baltimore, Illinois, every city that is run by Democrats, every city where the teachers' unions help get elected a lot of black local and state officials that fear the teachers union so much from both parties that they will allow the teachers unions to get away with anything and everything. That includes teaching inaccurate facts, handouts to first and second graders saying that blacks came from Africa for better compensation to the United States. I have that handout. Or, as you heard from one of our guests, the fact that the civil rights movement is totally taught today, omitting important facts. And we have to question why 
in middle-class neighborhoods where black families own homes and have jobs, children are not proficient in grade-level math and English skills. Graduation rates are low. People can't write. They can't get jobs. Despite the fact that schools today not only offer education, but medical assistance and food assistance and camp assistance and tutoring, it doesn't make any sense. So while we're remembering Dr. Martin Luther King and talking about building better relationships among the Jews and the blacks and everybody else who is in a public school system, every tax dollar that is going towards these schools has to be looked at and we have to reevaluate. We could be spending a lot less money and having a lot better graduation rates, students that become independent in the employment arena, and people that are proud Americans. Welcome back to Cindy's Political Corner. And joining us now is a very familiar face to you. His words are also extremely well known to you because he writes for The Federalist, The Hill. You've seen him on Fox News. Uh, Jason D. Hill is a proud black pro-Israel conservative in the year 2022. So thank you so much for joining us at Cindy's Political Corner. Hi, Cindy. Thank you for having me. So Jason and I are friends. We actually met several years ago at the Jerusalem Post Conference in New York. And then shortly afterwards, we were at the Zionist Organization of America's uh, Gala and where he was honored, actually, for his work standing with Israel and Christian Zionist and supporting Israel. So first of all, I want to thank you for all the work that you have done way before it was popular. Thank you. And for taking a stand. And tell us a little bit about why this is such an important uh, topic for you and why you are such a leading voice in it. Well, Sydney, I... Been, I grew up in Jamaica, and um, my grandmother's father was a Sephardic Jew, and uh, so there's a little bit of ancestry there, but that really has nothing to do with it. I have been a student of civilizations for a long time, and there are two things that come to mind. One is I've always been in awe of what I call in the hierarchy of civilizations, uh, the, the, the blatant, putative superiority of Jewish civilization, of people who have survived intact for millennia through several diaspora and, and have kept their civilization intact and have made enormous contributions to Western and to world civilizations. And then I began to study Israeli politics very, very carefully because I think that Israel is America's alter ego in the Middle East. And um, I'm a very, I, I still remain a, um, an advocate of Prime Minister, well, then Prime Minister Netanyahu. Um, and I began to study the history of Israel and I began to study Israeli politics. And I realized that what's good for what's good for Jewish civilization and what's good for Israel is good for the world. And that Judea and Samaria, I got sick and tired of just as I got sick and tired of the Americophobia in this country. I got sick and tired of the anti-Semitism 
and the anti-Israel uh, phobia that are part of the idea of pathogens infecting our society. And I wrote this article defending Prime Minister Netanyahu's right to annex, if he so choose, chose to annex Judea and Samaria. I hate the term West Bank. It's Judea and Samaria. Those are the indigenous, right. the indigenous lands that belong to Israel um, that predate Islamic occupation of, of, of those regions. And, um, I, and I think that Israel, is, again, is a sort of both a technological and a civilizational treasure trove in the world that we must, when we ostensibly point to um, certain countries in the world that function as um, catalysts for growth in spiritual, moral, and technological developments, Israel comes to the forefront of my mind. So my commitments are both spiritual and they are both political and moral when it comes to defending the right of Israel. I hate to say it, the right of Israel to exist. I mean, the audacity of people to question the right of any country or its people to exist, right? But now you sort of have to preface, uh, which goes to show you the sort of anti-Semitism and the anti-Israeli sentiments that are permeating the world, that you have to sort of preface things like, Israel has a right to exist. Well, you know, we wouldn't say that about Spain or Norway or Germany. No. And I have to tell you, we are discussing this around the birth and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King honoring his work. And as I said in my opening, he really worked hand in hand with the Jewish people. And he had a lot of very positive dreams for minorities. And you look at school systems in Baltimore, in New York, in L.A., in Chicago, and how uh, progressives have taken advantage of the black and minority communities. And you have to think, was this his dream? I mean, you work on a college campus. You think that this is what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had in mind? Most certainly not. And what people also forget, which is another um, check for my commitment to Jewish civilization, is enormous contributions that Jews made to the civil rights movement. In fact, in my previous book, We Have Overcome, I really, really did spell out quite clearly how without Jewish contribution, both financial in terms of free legal uh, aid and um, contributions to schools, the civil rights movement might never have gotten off the ground. The Jews are the heroes of the civil rights movement. And this is not Martin Luther King's dream. I mean, Martin Luther King had working also with Abraham Heschel, the great Jewish theologian, um, that people should, of course, be judged by the content of their character and their values and the, the principles that suffuse their character and make them into the, the human beings that they are. And what we find happening is that the evil left-wing orthodox um, individuals are creating a bifurcation between Blacks and Jews today, creating Jews as an artificial enemy of Black people by keeping a large part of the history of the enormous contributions that Jews made to the emancipation and freedom of Blacks in this country. I'm shocked that when I bring this up in my classes, most of my students have no idea of the constitutive role that Jews played in the civil rights movement. So it's a sort of willful, deliberate decision on the part of our educators or intellectuals to keep Black people and people in general ignorant of the, the contributions that Jews have made to the civil rights movement and continue to make towards Black freedom and Black, black emancipation in those pockets where we find that there is real systemic oppression, usually coming from the left, 
<laughs> well, I have to say that there are Jews still supporting Black Lives Matter. And I think that Dr. King would be shocked at some of the destruction and hate coming out of that group. That was not him at all. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, Black Lives Matter is a nefarious, I call them a sort of quasi-terrorist organization when you look at the sort of havoc that they wreak on this country, uh, advocating the tearing down of U.S. banks, the destruction of the economy. Dr. Martin Luther King was not for the destruction of America. He loved his country. He was a great patriot. He was, great. he was very critical of aspects of his country that kept Blacks outside the domain of the ethical. And he certainly would not be calling Israel a genocide or apartheid state, which is part of the mantra of Black Lives Matter, which I think is, is both libelous and slanderous. I also think he would really be against the idea that uh, Blacks get uh, elevated or promoted through the color of their skin rather than their merit, because there are so many talented people that are of color and minorities that are being overlooked because they're not in the right place in the right situation to get the promotions that they actually deserve. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that's going to lead me to my next question. question with you in discussion you and i both have something else in common we both saw critical race theory for lack of a better term way before it was popular this year especially from school boards because you are an educator i was an educator and we both faced discrimination and retaliation for speaking the truth about what is going on in the environments we worked in I don't know how much you're allowed to discuss, but can you tell us a little bit about your experiences and your lawsuit? Well, the lawsuit really stems from the article I wrote in The Federalist defending Israel's right to um, to annex Judea and Samaria and also to paint a significant portion of the Palestinian people as national security threats to Israel because they do vote terrorist organizations like the Palestinian Authority, which is a terrorist organization, and Hamas into power. So I made also the subsequent argument that if Israel wanted to sort of, after a thorough vetting process, disenfranchise certain uh, blocks of Palestinian people from voting because they vote terrorists into organizations, they certainly had that right. And, and, and so I was subjected to a censure that was illegal because it went against the terms of my contract and the way it was done. And I was called a genocidal war criminal and an Arab hater and uh, what else? A genocidal war criminal, an Arab hater, and um, a racist, and all sorts of nefarious names. So the lawsuit really stems from that. But this really builds on the idea of some of what critical race theory advances, which is that Jews are in collusion with whites to systemically oppress a minority class of Blacks. And I've been in the classroom, I've been a professor for 25 years in the university now, and I've seen, I've seen the, the, the beginnings of the second and the third iterations of critical race theory, where we have this idea somehow that there is a reason to condemn white people for having white skin and white privilege, that if they, that if it, it goes so far that if you have white skin and you have white privilege, which includes Jews, that you are a walking practitioner of systemic racism and that your white privilege that's conferred on you by nature is used almost unconsciously or consciously to keep blacks outside the domain of the human community and to keep them oppressed. 
that's that's it in a nutshell that that racism suffuses every institution paradoxically you notice that the critical race theorists don't talk about anti-semitism at all all they really talk about is the sort of systemic injustice that's inflicted against blacks by um by people who have what they term the the, the privilege of white skin so you have a best-selling book out that's been out for a couple of months what do white americans owe black people Racial Justice in the Age of Post-Oppression. Tell us a little bit about your book. And of course, well, people can get it on Amazon and in stores nationwide. That's right. Well, this book is a follow-up book to my previous book, We Have Overcome an Immigrant's Letter to the American People, where I just got really sick and tired, Cindy, of the kind of ideopathogens that were um, suffusing our culture. And one of the ideopathogens is that reparations are due to Black people because of the residual effects of slavery and um, critical race theory and also the, the, the idea of the abolition of whiteness, which I deal, go to great lengths to show that there are a coterie of intellectuals like Tana Isikotes, Ibram Kendi, who argue that Black liberation depends on the annihilation of whiteness, which I think is just a code word for the annihilation of, of white people from the face of the earth. So I really wanted to address the whole issue of reparations and to show that since the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which I put as a third founding of, of our great republic, this, the 1776 was the first, the, the Lincoln's address at Gettysburg and the Civil War the second, and the 64 Civil Rights Act, that the right has been wrong. Um, the wrong has been righted, I should say. And that through the affirmative action programs and through the 1972 Employment Act, um, and even going back to 1776, the, I show the various moments in which the American Republic has made reparative gestures towards Black, that there's nothing more that we can ask of a free society, short of going into a bloated totalitarian state, that the state can do for Blacks anymore. And I also show the pathologies that exist in the Black community that are function more as a uh, as, a, as an explanation for why the asymmetries and disparities exist between or among the races. That is 74%, for example, of African-American children are born on a wedlock and about 70% of that 74% is causally linked to poverty and crime. Um, this is not the problem of the creation of whites and this is not a problem of slavery because prior to the 19th, the 60s and the Great War on Poverty and Lincoln's Great Society program, um, the out of birth wedlock rate was something like um, 22%. Um, so you found Blacks marrying at a higher degree during the height of segregation. Um, and I also just wanted to end on a really optimistic note in the book where I say that radical forgiveness um, is a much more viable option and moving forward with our compatriots to build an America in which we're unified by common principles is much better than reparations, which I think would be, first of all, highly divisive in this country because it's punishing people. There are no white people today who own slaves and there are no black people today who are slaves. And the majority of whites, incidentally, as I showed, who um, are, are alive today, their ancestors actually came after the Civil War. So the issue of ancestral guilt, which is quite evil, um, is untenable. And the idea of punishing people because they are white um, 
is a form of inverse race. It was just a form of racism. So I, just, I wanted to talk about and show the connection between that and the 60s, the 60s, the radical 60s revolutionary studies where activism and, and advocacy superseded scholarship and learning um, in the universities and really established the, the groundwork for critical race theory and also for cancel culture, which I talk about in the book. So it is 2022. It's a crucial year for elections on a local, state, and national level. And I know myself, I am working around the country with talented uh, Black men and women who are running in their respective seats as candidates and are strong constitutionalists and conservatives and want school choice. They want the American dream. And uh, as we're closing, what is your advice as a man of color to your community in regards to being a conservative pro-Israel in in America in 2022? Well, I would say that we have to start looking for a conservative independent who's usually a voted Democrat. I, I've never actually voted Republican, although I'm rethinking my position on that right now, because the Democratic Party has grown so far left, Cindy, that it's all to change the political DNA of this country and usher in a Marxist socialist regime. That is that is their goal. So my advice would be look for those individual candidates who stand for individual rights, who stand for the free market economy, who stand for liberty and freedom, and also just try to get divest yourself of the notion that the Democratic Party cares about minorities. They don't. It's all about power and it's all about pandering to a victim mentality or a, 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 what I call the cult of victimology. What they do is they expropriate the agency of black agencies of black people and tell them that they're helpless against a status quo that is out to get them, which is not true. I will go as far as saying that today Blacks are the new sacred cows or the new sacred symbols, to use a more refined term in our society today, where institutions are bending over backwards uh, to bring them into positions of leadership. So, you know, Candace Owens has this thing, get off the plantation. Um, I don't always agree with her, but I think this is, this is the message I would send. Start looking for those candidates who really are advocating school choice, um, advocating um, charter schools, advocating um, lower taxes for small businesses that will then be incentivized to employ and to train, especially lower income Blacks. I work with an organization that we try to help um, um, expand the, the felony records from Black, mostly Black and Hispanic men and women who have served their time and to try to get organizations to hire them, to train them. They've paid their dues. They've paid for their crimes. Um, this is not in the interest of, 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 of liberals. We saw where Donald Trump, one of the good things about Trump's policies was that he was trying to give a second chance um, through his work with Kim Kardashian um, to ex-felons, um, which was a wonderful policy of his. My disagreements with him on many issues, notwithstanding, one has to give credit where it's due. So I would say stop, people should stop just sort of like in a mindless blanket way endorsing candidates because they are Democrats and start looking really at 
the work that other candidates are doing that are not just enhancing Black agency, but are enhancing the interests of our nation, of which we are the beneficiaries. So what's good for America and what's good for freedom and liberty will be good for for Blacks as well. Jason, I am lucky enough to call you friend. My my followers are going to want to follow you and get to know you better and buy your book. Where is uh, the best place for them to reach out to you? Well, they can reach out to me on my web website, which is www.jasondamianhill.com. My middle name is D-A-M-I-A-N, jasondamianhill.com. Or uh, follow me on Twitter at jasondhill6 on Twitter, my Twitter handle. Um, or Facebook, uh, Dr. Jason D. Hill, uh, 1913. And I love my Facebook fans because, I, I, in fact, I thank them in my book because they're, they're just such stalwart supporters of my well, work. Well, they should be. Your work is incredible. I personally know the work you do supporting Israel, and I know the personal sacrifices you have made for standing up for the Black-Jewish relationship in America today. Jason D. Hill, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Political Corner. Thank you, Cindy. Best of luck. Thank you. Keep it moving now, can't you see? Keep it moving, no way will be. Keep it moving now, now near me. Keep moving, moving now, the door now. Keep it moving now, can't you see? Keep it moving away from me. Keep it moving now, now near me. Keep moving, moving now, the door now. Getting really sick of you. Hypocritical attitude. Know what the hell you gonna do when I let people know the truth now? Maybe they'll realize. Shit to see in lies Fanning for justice, yeah You choose friends by how much that they spend Who the fuck you think you are? Keep it moving now, can't you see? Keep it moving away from me Keep it moving now, now near me Keep moving, moving out the door now Keep it moving now, can't you see? Keep it moving away from me Keep it moving out now near me Keep it moving now, can't you see? 
can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free and fast. Just ask Joseph M from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign, I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372 or visit Remax iq.com terms and conditions apply visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer welcome back to cindy celebrity corner i am your host cindy gross and just like that the hour flew by i promised you great guest great conversation and lots of information to think about i hope you enjoyed the show please let me know what you think you can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast. And you can also listen to us through the TalkLine Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night.